Folks, kids, we are so glad that you're here, so glad that you will follow along with us uh, here as much as possible. We're going to call on you. I'm going to come down and actually have some of you read some verses in just a second, so hope you will uh, play along with us, okay? Good to go? So this, uh, this elderly man, this older gentleman in his uh, late years went to the doctor for kind of a follow-up visit with the doctor, and as he went in for this follow-up visit, the doctor told the uh, older gentleman, he said, well, I've got some bad news and I've got some really, really bad news. Which do you want to hear first? And the elderly man said, well, I guess uh, give me the really, really bad news first. And doctor says, well, you have cancer. And man said, well, that, that's terrible. So what's, what's the bad news? And doc says, well, you're also beginning to show signs of dementia. And the elderly man says, well, at least I don't have cancer. Uh, I can say that, okay, uh, because in my family, we've had both cancer as well as dementia. And to be quite honest, uh, though that's a joke, dementia and cancer, obviously, these are serious things, right? Um, both on one side of my family, and some of you have dealt with this also, uh, both of my grandparents at the end of their life uh, suffered with dementia, they had trouble remembering the most basic things, sometimes things from way back, sometimes their loved ones that would come in uh, and they would not recognize or they would think that uh, they hadn't eaten and they had just eaten, things like this. Uh, losing our minds, losing our memory uh, is a really difficult thing. It's a really challenging thing, uh, even though there's, there's sometimes when you... Uh, when you look at them and you think, that, you know, if, if, if it weren't for humor, if we couldn't laugh about this, it would be even worse, right? Uh, I say that this morning because guess what? The Bible says that we are all forgetful people, that we have spiritual amnesia or spiritual dementia. Did you know that? Um, the Bible says that we forget. And so over and over, the Bible tells us to remember and this is uh, not ironic, this is planned, but we are getting ready tomorrow to remember, aren't we? As a, as a country, as a nation, we, we set aside this day called Memorial Day to remember. And, and if someone would just help me, what is it that we are remembering tomorrow? What is it that we're celebrating? What is it that we're remembering tomorrow? Those who have died, those who have fought for our country and lost their lives gave the ultimate price, right? Uh, Memorial Day is not just about the beginning of summertime. It's not about an extra uh, day off work. It's not uh, just about uh, having a cookout or, or, or going to the lake, right? It is about setting aside a day to remember and to appreciate and to celebrate the lives of these men and women who paid the ultimate price so that you and I could have freedom, right? Does anybody know, just by way of uh, quiz and history lesson here, does anybody know what Memorial Day was originally kind of called? Anybody know? Back in the back? Did somebody say it over here? Decoration Day. Why is it called Decoration Day, Miss Jill? You, you, I didn't quite hear you, but something about you. You decorated the tombs, right? You decorated... 
the place where the fallen had been put to rest, right? So it was originally called Decoration Day. And this, this celebration began right after the Civil War, actually, and became a national holiday uh, on the last Monday of the May. It officially became a, a, a national holiday in 1971 that we would set aside this day to remember, and we need to remember, right, because we are, we are naturally forgetful people. What do, you, what do some of you uh, forget often? Somebody over here, we're going to be very interactive this morning, so participate. Marilyn, what do you forget sometimes? Everything. Everything. Thank you. <laughs> now we all feel better. We're relaxed. Uh, what, what do you forget? I, I forget passwords. Anybody else? You're like, I got so many passwords. Like, what is this password? You know, somebody told me a while back that... Uh, Hell is going to be a place where there's a password for everything and you will never remember it, right? And heaven is going to be this place where there are no passwords. Don't take that as gospel, okay? But what, what else? Over here, what do, you, what do you tend to forget? People's names. What was the question? Thank you, Scott. Uh, you forget your wallet sometimes? You forget where you put your keys? What else do you forget? Glasses. Yeah, where are my glasses? And then you find out they're on top of your head after you've been looking at them for a while. Well, over here, Evan, what do you forget sometimes? You can't find toys, right? Because daddy used it and he put it somewhere and didn't put it back where it's supposed to go. Dad, way to go. What else do you forget over here? Just everyday stuff. Homework. Thank you. Yeah, you forget to do your homework. You forget what the homework was. What else? Yeah, you, you're, yeah you're, you're getting ready to go on vacation and you pull out of the driveway. I feel like I'm forgetting something, right? What is it that I've forgotten? I've got the toothbrush. I've got extra underwear. You know, what, what else? What, what have I forgotten? We forget uh, special days, anniversaries, birthdays. We forget people's names, right? We forget what we, I went in here. This happens to me all the time. I go into the pantry. What did I come in here for, right? Anybody do that? Just a few head nods. Yeah. We're forgetful people. And the Bible says that we're not just forgetful about those silly and fun things, but we're also forgetful about some pretty important things, about what God has done for us. And so this morning, what we're going to do very um, interactively is we're going to look at some passages, and I'm actually going to call on some of you to help me uh, read some of these passages. So I'm going to call on people that I am pretty confident. Is this on now? I think the green light's showing. I'm going to call on some people that I'm pretty sure uh, are able to read and uh, <clears throat> put you on the spot, okay? So there, we're gonna look at a bunch of passages today, okay? We're not gonna do a three-point sermon on each passage, but somebody over here that uh, knows how to read and doesn't mind reading publicly, can I get a volunteer? Anyone? Bueller, Bueller. <laughs> Go ahead and put that, pass, that first passage on the screen here, Lauren. Okay, Dan, I saw that hand. Thank you very much. <laughs> Dan is gonna read this for us, Deuteronomy chapter four. Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget these things your eyes have seen or let them slip from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and their children after them. Remember, one, remember the day you stood before the Lord your God as Horeb. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Awesome. Thank not you, Dan. Boy, right? Not bad for a guy from Arkansas. Yeah, that's very good. Hey, uh, thank you. You just proved to everyone that you guys can read. Okay, somebody over here who's... Uh, Who's under, I, it's just low-hanging fruit, you know. Uh, somebody over here who is under the age of 10, read this next one for me. Somebody under the age of 10. Son, you want it? 
What's the next one here, Miss Lauren? Deuteronomy 32.7. Who's got this? Short. It's short. Okay, Dale, I saw that hand. No, never mind. Gavin. Gavin is laughing back here. Yeah, you're not going to sit on the back row and think you get out of this. Okay, read that one for us, Gavin. Remember the days of old. Consider the generations long past. Ask your father and he will tell you, your elders, and they will explain to you. Okay, what's the underlined word there, Gavin? And your dad likes this one. Ask your father and he will tell you, okay? He wants, he, <laughs> it sounds as, I'll tell him. Okay, somebody else over here in this section. 2 Kings seventeen thirty-eight. Xander, you got this? This guy left a few years ago and moved to California. He came back and he's taller than me now. I don't, don't appreciate that, Xander. Okay, read this one. Do not forget the, I obviously can't Covenant. read. Covenant. Covenant that I have made with you, and do not worship their gods. Okay, excellent. Somebody else, a volunteer over here. Who wants to read First Chronicles? Are you getting the theme yet? Getting the theme yet, Arian? Sure. First Chronicles, there it is. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. Excellent. You get the pattern? What are, what are we being told so far to remember or to not forget? What are some of the things that we're supposed to remember? Right here, remember the wonders he has done, right? What God has done in our lives. Other passages here we're going to look at, look at are going to say, remember the miracles. In fact, let's, uh, anybody volunteers over here? Nehemiah chapter 8. What's your name, young lady? Madeline. Madeline. Do you know this guy? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. My dad. That's your dad. Okay. Can you read Nehemiah 8 for us? But they, our forefathers, became arrogant and stiff-necked and did not obey our commands. They refused to listen and failed to remember the miracles you performed among them. They become became stiff-necked and in their rebellion appointed a leader in order to return their, their slavery. But you are a forgiving God, gracious and compassionate slow to anger and abounding in love. Therefore, you did not desert them. Even when they cast for themselves an image of a calf and said, this is your God who brought you up out of Egypt, or when they committed awful blasphemies. Good job. Good help there, Dad. Thank you. Okay. Okay, let's, uh, let's have a dad read Proverbs. I'm, I see David Johnson back here. David... Um, you read Proverbs 3, 1, and 2 for us, okay? Can you read it? Yeah. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Awesome. Awesome. Now I need, um, for this next one, I need an older, like a grandpa-aged guy, but there's not many options in this. In this. So instead, I'm going to pick on Steve Patton. Steve Patton, everybody welcome the Pattons back. Stand up, Steve. Steve from, uh, from Missouri, from St. Louis. Uh, is, is Missouri misery yet? Yeah. Welcome back to the promised land. Uh, and Steve, we're selling t-shirts today, so you can get rid of that awful uh, shirt that you have on. Okay? Appreciate your help through our New York trip. This is uh, Proverbs chapter 4. Okay? When I was a boy in my father's house, still tender, and an only child of my mother... He taught me and said, lay hold of my words with all your heart, keep my commands, and you will live. Get wisdom, get understanding, 
Do not forget my words or swerve from them. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. Awesome. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for coming and being punished while you're here. Good to see you, Heather. Hey, on these, on these next, let's, uh, let's do some different things, okay? Believe it or not, over and over, the Bible says, do not forget. Remember, right? The sermon title is Don't Forget to Remember. In fact, in the book of Deuteronomy alone, okay, Deuteronomy is that book that uh, God gave to the people as they're going back into the promised land. He says, I want you to remember. Don't forget. Remember, remember, remember. 30 times in the book of Deuteronomy alone, he says, either remember or do not forget. Why? Because we're forgetful people, aren't we? So moms, let's read uh, the words of Jesus here, okay? All the ladies among us, not just moms, but all the ladies, okay? Read along here with me. I have told you this so that when the time comes, you will remember that I warned you. I did not tell you this at first because I was with you. What's Jesus wanting us to do? He's wanting us to remember, to remember his warnings, to remember his words. Okay, dads. Let's do Ephesians 2. All the men, not just the dads, okay? Men, here we go. Kids too, boys, here we go. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, that done in the body by the hands of men, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. Okay, so somebody over here tells us, what is it that Paul is telling us we need to remember here? What's the big idea? Remember that we're sinners who have been saved, right? Before you met Christ, before you became a Christian, you were without hope. And without God in the world is sometimes the Bible is telling us, remember your journey. Remember from what God has brought you from, right? Not sure I said that grammatically correct there, but re remember your journey, right? Okay, the next one here. We got a few more, all right? A few more. If you are under 30 years old, read this with me, okay? I'm, I'm above 30, but I'll read it with you, okay? If you're under 30, kids, read along here with me, okay? So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. Who's writing this one? Not Paul, but Peter. And what is he saying? Now, my whole goal is here to help you remember, not to forget, but to remember. Okay, let's uh, go on to uh, Hebrews. And let's, if you are 30 or older, why don't you read this one with me, okay? This is Hebrews 10 couple verses here, 30 and older. All right, here we go. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution, 
At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had a better and lasting possessions. Had better and lasting possessions. What's the point here over there on this side? What is it that the author of Hebrews wants us to remember? That we can, we can put up with abuse, we can put up, aren't we, who's thankful that we can worship today, right here this morning in North Texas, without fear of persecution? Man, what a gift. You know, there's so many brothers and sisters we have in Christ that gather this morning, on Sunday mornings, in fear. And without safety, or without hot coffee, or comfortable seats, but they gather in fear. And the author of Hebrews is saying, you can go on, you can press forward, you can, you can be abused, you can be made fun of at school, you can, you can lose your job because of your uh, integrity, because you know you have a better and lasting possession, you have a, a heavenly city to come. That's what he's saying, right? Okay, two more. Let's all say this one together, it's really short. Okay, Jude 17. And did you know that Jude is 17 because there's only one chapter of Jude? Okay, so this is Jude, verse 17. Let's all say it together real loud, okay? Ready? One, two, three, go. But you, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. There it is. And here's the the final one that I want us to do. And here's what we're going to do. I want you guys, everybody here to read the underlined words, okay? I'll read the plain words, and then you guys read the underlined words, okay? You ready? Deuteronomy 8, and it actually begins at verse 10, but uh, you see it there. Okay, Deuteronomy 8, you read the underlined words all together, okay? When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. Failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow, grow large and your silver and gold increase, and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful desert, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the desert, something your fathers had never known, to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it, as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord your God. Let's try that again. Let's try that again. Okay. Ready? Verse 19. One, two. Verse 19. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods, worship down testify against you. What's the point of that one? What's the point of that one? And what about the, what about the beginning of it where he says, you're going to get into this land and you're going to think what? 
you did it. That, hey, my gifts and, you know, my skill sets and my even obedience got me into this land of promise. And what is God telling his people there? Don't forget to remember. Don't forget to remember that it's me that brought you this abundance, that it's me that brought you out of slavery, and I've placed you in this wonderful promised land over and over again, okay? Those are just some of the passages. Man, I marked off a bunch of them that we didn't even read, but over and over through the Bible, he tells us, don't forget to remember. So let me ask you this, kids. Why do you think that over and over the Bible keeps telling us to remember and not forget? Why do you think it says that so often? Because we forget? (laughs) What's one of the ways to remember better? What do your parents or what do your teachers in school, how do they help you memorize something? Repetition, yeah? Over and over and over. You know, back, back when I was a kid, you know, when you got in trouble, you had to go up to the board or on a piece of paper and you had to write a hundred times, you know, Ross will obey the teacher and obey on the first time or something like that. You had to write a sentence a hundred times, right? Anybody remember the good old days? You had to do that? Because repetition helps us remember. Repetition helps us to learn, right? There's a historian by the name of Samuel Johnson, and Samuel Johnson said that people need to be reminded more often than instructed. Why? Because we forget. We have naturally forgetful memories, We naturally forget our car keys. We naturally forget our homework. And guess what? We also just naturally forget our God and the amazing grace that he has shown us. So we have to be reminded to remember. So let's just be real practical here. What are are some things that we could do that would help us remember God's miracles, remember God's word, remember our journey with God. What are some really practical things that we could do to be better Pray. remembered? Praying? How, how, how would that help us? How would praying help us? Okay. Yeah. James 1 says, if you ask for wisdom, he'll give it to you. So if you just pray constantly, God, Holy Spirit, help, to, help me to remember what's true. One of, the, one of the main things that the Holy Spirit who lives in our hearts, if we have trusted Jesus, the Holy Spirit guides and leads us every day, moment by moment. One of the main things the Holy Spirit does is to remind us of the truth. And sometimes you'll get in a situation that's, that's tempting or you'll, be, you'll, you'll think maybe I should you know, disobey here or make a bad choice here and it'll be the Holy Spirit who reminds you of a verse that your parents taught you or that you've memorized. That's one of the main things the Holy Spirit does to help us, is to remind us of the truth. What are some other just practical, really practical things that will help us to remember better? Scripture memorization. Excellent. Thank you, Arian. Can anybody think of a verse that tells us to memorize Scripture that would, will will make life... Uh, helpful for us if we, we remember scripture? 
No, 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 no. There's Jeremiah talks about eating the word of God. I think it's maybe chapter 29, 28, somewhere. Um, there's, I think someone over here said Psalm 119. Man, if you ever want to... If you want a part of the Bible that tells you the importance of the Word of God, read Psalm 119. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. Psalm 119.9 says, Thy word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So one of the ways that we can remember, be reminded, is by putting God's Word in our mind, in our hearts. Right? What, are, what are some other practical, really helpful ways to remember God and to remember God's work? Go to church. I don't know who said that, but amen. Thank you. Why, why does that help us? Somebody over here on this side, how, how does that help us? By going to church, how does that help us remember? You hear more about God, you're around people that want to encourage you, right? If you're only around people that don't go to church, that aren't trying to live for Jesus, that's not always going to help you walk with Jesus. So the Bible also says that we need to be around people who will remind us, literally remind us of what we should be living for, right? Being together in small groups, being together every week in church and Sunday in our classes and part of big church is a reminder that Jesus said, we need that to gather together. In fact, uh, the mission, Shannon mentioned our mission statement as a church earlier. What's our, what's our mission statement? There it is, the answer just showed up on the screen. You guys are so smart. Centering lives on Jesus Christ. And then we have these four strategies that are supposed to help us center our lives. Or you might say they, they help us to remember what's important, to remember Jesus. And really all these things, genuine community, being together in small groups or coming to authentic worship helps us to remember. Biblical teaching, hiding God's word in our heart helps us to be reminded of God's word and what's true, Right? And then holistic mission, how does, how does being on mission remind us? That's a little, that one's a little harder, isn't it? If you tell people about Jesus, that helps them, but how does that help you? Does that help you? Excellent. Tell me your name again. Samantha. Samantha, excellent. She said, we don't always experience hurt or pain or spiritual darkness like people in other parts. So some of our students that get to go to New York in the South Bronx, they get to see how difficult it is to live in some place. It helps us appreciate where we get to live. Some of us will be going to Haiti in September, and we'll get to see as we're on mission um, the blessings that God has given us, Right? the fruitful land he's brought us to, literally. But we'll also be reminded of what's really important. And when you go to places like Haiti, when you go to these hard places, sometimes you're reminded, gosh, it's not, the most important thing is not my grades in school. Sorry, parent. The most important thing is not how well I do in sports or in all my activities. But the most important thing is that people know Jesus and their life is centered around Jesus. And when you go on a mission trip, that helps remind you. I was thinking of a verse, um, Philemon 1.6. 
This isn't on the screen, but you might write this down. Philemon 1.6 says this, I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. Let me read that one more time. I pray that, sharing your, that, that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing it is in us for the sake of Christ. What is he saying? He's saying that as you share your faith, God works in you to remind you of the good things that you have in your faith. He reminds you as you share the gospel, he reminds you of the good things in the gospel, right? So all these ways are simple but profound ways that God has given us to remind us to remember him and to remember his word, right? Another one that I love to do, and some of you do this as well, but one thing that helps me is I don't do this every day, but I have a journal that I keep. And man, I write in that journal, not every morning, but a lot of mornings. God, this is what you're doing. God, this is what I need your help in. God, I'm praying for this person. I'm praying for this situation. And I go back and I read those journals sometimes, and I was like, wow, God, I can see how you worked in my life. I can see doors that you open. I can see doors that you shut. And I can see my journey by going back and looking at those journals. That's pretty helpful. So you might even want to try that. You know, another thing that God told people often in the Old Testament is that he would remind his people to build a memorial. You can read about this. Maybe you want to read about this later. But Joshua chapter 4, they, they cross this river. And God says, build a memorial. So you'll, so you'll be reminded of my faithfulness in bringing you this far. So they literally stacked up rocks and made a memorial. Does anybody remember uh, another place in the scripture where God tells people to wear certain things or to write things above the door frames? Anybody have a verse for that? Anybody got a verse? I'm looking over at our elder. Where does it talk about that? It talks about that in Deuteronomy 6. Evan? Did you have an idea? Yes! You tell about the gospel to people at school, right? Good job. Helps you remember. Thank you, bud. I was thinking about Deuteronomy 6, right? Deuteronomy 6, all the children of Israel were supposed to write scripture. The parents were supposed to write scripture in their homes and above the door frames. And they were even supposed to wear these certain tassels and things and, and put scripture where they could see it and they could be reminded of it, right? Sometimes just writing a scripture, maybe you put a little scripture on a note card and you put it on your mirror or in your room or by your bed or something so you can be reminded uh, of what God has said to you. Maybe you want to put it on your dashboard in your car, help you remind you to drive Drive like a Christian, right? Just put it right there where you can see. Um, there's one other place, okay, and I'm wrapping up right here. There's one other place, Acts 2.42, the early Christians, says this about the early Christians. It says to center their lives on Jesus, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of the bread and prayers. They devoted themselves and here's four things that they devoted themselves to, to help them, to remind them, right? First was all the apostles' teaching, and then the fellowship. Someone said attending church and being together. That's the third thing. And thirdly, breaking of the bread. We're going to come back to that in just a second. And the prayers. There were these prayers that they shared and they memorized together. And what is this idea to help us remember about the breaking of the bread? Who knows what that's about? 
It's about communion. And that's what we're gonna celebrate right now at the end of our service because guess what? Jesus has given us this physical, tangible reminder of his grace to us in dying on the cross for us. It's called the Lord's table or communion. In some places, it's called a thanksgiving meal. As we come forward, those of us who know Jesus as our Savior, we get to be reminded as we take the bread and the cup, we get to be reminded of Jesus' love for us, that he loved us so much that he died on the cross for us. Here's the way the Apostle Paul talks about this reminder of communion. Okay, this will be on the screen. 1 Corinthians 11, here's what the Apostle Paul says about this reminder, this reminder meal. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Do you see that? You see those underlined words again? That as we come and we take the bread and cup, we remember Jesus. It's a meal to remind us. It's a meal also to be thankful. And it's a meal also to be hopeful because it reminds us that last verse says that as we take the bread and the cup, we proclaim his Lord, the Lord's death until he comes. We're reminded that Jesus is coming again. It reminds us of what God has done. It reminds us to be thankful. And it reminds us that Jesus is coming again. See, God doesn't want us to forget. He wants us to remember. And there are lots of ways to remember and not forget. Tomorrow, we should remember the people that paid the highest price for us to have freedom. That's special. We are really blessed because of that. And we are most blessed because Jesus paid the highest price for us, not just his friends, but his enemies. He died not just for his friends, but for his enemies. And as we come this morning, those of us that know Jesus, and you need to talk to your parents whether you should participate in this or not, okay? They might want to talk to you about that. But as we come forward this morning and we take the bread and we dip it in the cup, and yes, I hear that too, it's okay. And we take the bread and we dip it in the cup and we take communion, we're reminded physically, tangibly of the amazing grace of Jesus. Don't forget to remember. Don't forget to remember tomorrow and don't forget to remember every day the amazing grace of Jesus. Amen. I want us to pray, and as we pray, I want to invite our servers to come forward. And as we sing, we will come forward and celebrate communion in just a minute, okay? Servers, you can go ahead and come forward. Will you pray with me? Father God, we just come to you this morning and we um, confess that we're forgetful. We, uh, we often remember what we should forget and we forget what we should remember. So forgive us, God. 
And we thank you for this tangible reminder that you've given us of the amazing grace of Jesus, that he didn't just love us in words, but he loved us by dying, by spilling his blood for us so that we could be your sons and daughters, Father. So as we celebrate this morning, Father, help us to be thankful people. Help us to be people that don't forget and live in light of the amazing grace of Jesus. It's in his beautiful name we pray. Amen.